listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm Casey Foreman. From the NBA to the NFL, I'll be giving you the most recent and up-to-date news in the world of sports. You can listen live every Monday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time at SIUEWebRadio.com or on the TuneIn Radio app and every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host in Tanner File. Tanner, a lot going on in the world of sports. We got round two of the NBA playoffs. NFL draft was last week. Great to be here with you. How are you doing, man? Probably better two hours ago, but how are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Uh, would have been a lot better if the Bucks didn't just get their butts handed to them on national television. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. But... It's a seven-game series. You're going back to Milwaukee. You stole a game in Boston. Can't be too Hard unhappy. To exactly. Yeah. Without your second-best player. Exactly, right? So we'll break. We'll get it. Could be worse. Here. It could be a lot worse. We'll get into that, though, here in just a minute. Uh, in the first half of the show, Tanner and I are going to look at all of the second-round matchups in the NBA playoffs. The Warriors and the Grizzlies are playing as we speak. We got the Suns and Dallas, the Heat and the Sixers, Boston and the Bucks. All that, all of our predictions coming here in the first half of the show. Then in the second half of the show, building on last week, Tanner, kind of going over uh, what happened in the NFL draft. Yeah, the NFL draft was this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Me and Casey are going to go through which teams we think had the best draft weekend, teams that we think may have missed at least early up up top of the first round. And we're going to talk about what rookies we think are in a good spot moving forward. Yeah, maybe my Cowboys, one of those teams that took a bit of a swing in that first round. Uh, we'll have to see about that Tyler Smith pick. But let's start in the NBA. The second round of the playoffs are here. Only eight teams are left. Eight teams are left, both of our teams thankfully are included in that group uh, and each series has already had at least one game being played. So a small sample size, but some helpful insight as far as what these series might entail. Let's start in that Eastern conference and Tanner, you're not getting off easy. Let's start with your bucks. Okay. So facing the Celtics who sweeped Brooklyn, we did not see that coming. They swept Brooklyn in round one. Uh, don't have your second best player in Chris Middleton. He's out for the entire series. You won game one. You lost game two. How are you feeling? Yeah, we won big in game one. Lost big in game two. We're on the road. I feel like it's kind of hard to complain when we don't have Chris Middleton that you go into Boston, a team that just swept Kevin Durant. I Yeah, and you win a game. You're going back to Milwaukee. I I think the Bucs can still win. It's going to be tough. I mean, this is the team I'm the most worried about in the Eastern Conference. The Celtics? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they play team everything. You know, offensively, defensively, they're a unit. And, and, and that's how they play. They're not necessarily all reliant on one guy like Dallas. Kind of how, I don't want to say Milwaukee is right now with, with, uh, with Giannis, but without no, Chris No, Middleton, but like pretty much, yes. 
you know, you have Drew Holiday is still very good, but Holiday, Portis, and Lopez are solid players. But it's it comes down to how Giannis is going to play. He is going to be the make or break in this series, and we saw in Game Two. I mean, he didn't shoot great in Game One. He had thirty six percent from the floor. Still had. 24 13 and 12 <laughs> okay so he still had an insane triple double and the win and that insane off the backboard alley-oop which we all saw obviously right so wasn't his great game but still enough to get the win you know holiday helped a lot in that and then you know brooke lopez was a force down low it's tough though it is like i said because how how you know how great how great of team basketball that boston plays but i believe i'm still on your side i still think milwaukee has just as good a chance as they do to win this series because of Giannis, because he's the best player in the world. The kind of that, that LeBron factor as to where he's going to elevate his teammates, elevate those guys around him. And I was going to say you can't stop him from getting to his spots, but tonight they kind of did. Yeah, and they've played good defense on him the last two games. But realistically, when you're playing the best player in the world, and I know they're a great defensive team, how many times can the you best. do that? Yeah, can you do that for a whole series? I guess we're going to find out. They did, not to throw you off, I don't want to worry you, they did to Kevin Durant, who is a top three player in the world. Yeah. Top three player. So they did do that to him. They have different games, though. Obviously, Giannis is more uh, embrace. He embraces the physicality as where Kevin Durant, that's not his game whatsoever. So you could say he's built to play with Boston. Um, But I think, think, you know, in game one – and had kind of Boston realizing a bit of a wake-up call, like, hey, these aren't the Brooklyn Nets, right? <laughs> like, these are not the Brooklyn Nets. This team plays defense. This Milwaukee Bucks team has Giannis, Holiday, Lopez, Portis. Like, we can't get whatever we want on the offensive end. And then we saw that adjustment, though. Uh, they were living on the outside, it seemed like, in game two, living on the perimeter and having great success. Jalen Brown, Grant Williams. Yeah. If, if you're knocking down shots against the Bucks, you're gonna you're gonna win. The Bucks let you shoot threes. That's why I'm worried about them possibly facing Golden State in the championship. Hey, let's they, not look ahead yeah, too much. Yeah, here. But, I'm, <laughs> but I'm saying they <laughs> you're right. They though, let you're right. they let everyone shoot threes on them. Like Chicago set a playoff record for Chicago against uh, Milwaukee this round or round this one. playoff yeah. series yeah, yeah, for yeah. taking three point shots. That's what they do. They leave the three-point perimeter open. So if you have a night where you're knocking down threes, you're going to win. Probably going to win that game. Yeah. Probably going to win. Warriors, on the other end, what the Bucks do well, the Warriors don't do well, and that's defending down low and getting rebounds. So you could say these two teams are a perfect matchup for the NBA Finals. You know, one team's Achilles heel is, you know, is the opposite of the other teams, which would make for a great series, which Tanner and I are crossing our fingers. That is the series we get when it's all said and done in June. Um, but you know, rim protection, perimeter defense, we saw that, you know, or especially the rim protection, we saw that in game one, not so much in game two. Boston, you sh- they showed it though, they're not just going to roll over and you know, submit, let Giannis do whatever he wants. They, they came right at him in game two. Guy had like four points, I believe, going into halftime, two, two field goals made. So, how many times though, like I said, they, they won big tonight. But with Giannis having four points in the first half, I'm going to bet that's not going to happen. I bet a lot of money that that's not going to happen again for the rest of the series. Yeah, if the over-under is four for the first half total whenever they play on I'm Friday. Over. <laughs> yeah, then I'm taking the over. I think he's going to have more than four points and a half 
I'm for the rest over, of the series. <laughs> almost emptying my bank account, going hitting that over on that one. Not giving, you know, bet wisely. Everyone who's over 21, make sure you bet wisely if you're in a state that allows it. Okay, got to get that out there as well so we don't get sued or anything like that. Uh, but I still like Milwaukee. I still like the Bucks here. They have the best player. I think Giannis is good enough to elevate those around him. Uh, I think he's going to have some insane performances. I think they dropped. They were down to Phoenix in last year's NBA Finals. They were down 0-2, I believe, to, to the Nets at one point. They don't start series well, ever. And you won game one. Like you won game one. That is huge to win in Boston, steal one on the road. That's where you're going back to Milwaukee, and it's a level playing field. You can forget game two even happened. You're basically starting out at 0-0 again because it's you know it's 1-1 right now, right? So I wouldn't be too worried if I'm Bucks or if I were you. Giannis is going to have to have some of those marquees, some of those signature perf- performances we saw against Chicago and against uh, Phoenix, obviously, in last year's finals, which I think he's going to do. I think he's going to elevate to the occasion, take over, but like we saw in game two, they're not going to roll over. It's going to be a series. I got your Bucks in seven. I also have the Bucks in seven. Before they won game one, I was a little panicked about this Chris Middleton, and I may have told I was, people I was a little Celtics in seven. But I'm taking taking Bucks in seven. I am too. Um, I think it's gonna go go the distance for sure. Game seven will be in Boston, so that, you know you're kind of crossing your fingers with that one. Hopefully, everyone can stay healthy. I know Marcus Smart didn't play in game two. Get their defense without the Defensive Player of the Year was even better. <laughs> okay, he was even better in game two, which I don't, I'm not saying they're better without Marcus Smart, but crazy that, that that actually happened without a guy of his caliber. They played better defensively. That comes down to coaching, though, game plan. And then Jalen Brown simply couldn't miss from the three-point line. You had, like, five threes in the first half. Like, couldn't miss. Grant Williams couldn't miss. Peyton Pritchard couldn't miss. He was locking down Giannis on the other <laughs> side. Casey uh, was locking down Giannis. Yeah. Peyton Pritchard is, is, is to say, maybe, you know, probably has like 20 pounds on me, 30 pounds, but my height, this dude's six foot one. I'm six foot one. So throw me out there and I'm making Giannis step out of bounds. <laughs> so that, that's insane. Props to Peyton Pritchard out there. Size doesn't matter uh, for, for, all, for all you people out there wondering. Uh, but Bucks and seven, Bucks and seven. Let's move on and talk about Miami and the Philadelphia 76ers. Miami won game one. Okay, Miami won game one as expected without Joel Embiid. They won 106 to 92. Embiid's not going to play in game two, possible for game three. Dude's going through it right now. Like, like even if you're not a Philadelphia 76er fan, you got to feel for Joel Embiid. Uh, like a, a fractured something in his head. Orbital bone. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man, that's got to hurt. Uh, tore a ligament in his thumb so the dude literally is having probably trouble seeing and holding the basketball Uh, you got to feel for him after having the mvp caliber season that he had was he my mvp no was he your mvp no but he's a top three candidate is you know is gonna get some votes who knows if he's gonna win probably not probably gonna go to uh, the guy we gentlemen swept in the first round in Nikola Jokic, who balled out. People dissing his MVP campaign simply didn't watch the series. But for me, I don't know about you, that's the that's the deciding factor in this series, Embiid's health. That's the deciding factor. 
And I don't in, think my, in my opinion, I, I don't think it's the deciding factor for me because I would probably pick the Heat anyway. Okay, for me, if you will, if it was hundred percent, I, I would probably pick the Sixers. I got the Heat in five. I think the Heat are gonna even if Joel Embiid plays three, four, plays game three through the rest of the mm-hmm. series. I'm still mm-hmm. taking the Heat in five. If he doesn't play, I'm taking the Heat in four. Yeah, if he doesn't play, it is definitely possible that he'd go out for the sweep. He is good enough, even out with all those injuries, helping his team get to another win. But, yeah, that thumb, that head, without him, even with him banged up, they're outmatched. They are 100% outmatched from this Miami team who defends, shoots the three ball, moves the ball as a unit, as a team. They have a deep roster, great coaching they're out. They're outmatched. That's what it comes down to. Miami is the number one seed in the Eastern Conference for a reason. They weren't healthy all season long. Still got that number one seed. Uh, Kyle Lowry didn't play in game one. They still beat the crap out of the Sixers, you know, in that matchup. And it also comes down to this. You know, I, I do kind of feel for Philly fans in this way as well. The Embiid factor and the James Harden thing as to where all Sixers fans are saying, oh, we got James Harden. We got James Harden, you know, thinking it was the James Harden as, as of late. And with his first couple of games in Philly, he was kind of fooling a lot of people, including us, saying, okay, maybe they are the best duo in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. He's not that guy. He is not, <laughs> not that, that guy anymore. Not that guy, pal. Yeah, sorry, James. You still got the beard, okay, but that whole new hairdo, the the 18 and 10 in the playoffs, that's his averaging right now, 18 points. I'm sorry, 18 and 9, not even 10, 18 and 9. Not that guy. He is 31st in playoff scoring. 31st. There's not that many guys in the playoffs. I mean, though, like there are, but like he's 31st. Guys like Desmond. He was an MVP. Just a few years ago, this guy was the in, in every single MVP race. He was second or third or ended up winning it. You know, when Giannis was getting his back-to-back MVPs, he, you know, Harden was a factor, you know, was, was a candidate there. He obviously won when, when he was averaging over 30 points a game and leading Houston to a top seed, the one seed in the Western Conference, all that jazz. But Tanner, I don't know if you'll, you'll even believe this. He's been held under 25 points in 11 straight playoff games. I believe it. I've watched him. Not even 25 points in 11 straight playoff games. 11. That's a pretty big sample size. You have to go all the way back to last year in the first round against Boston and where he had 34, 10, and 10. That's the that's the Harden that they need right now. That one. And we haven't seen him since last summer. I don't think he's coming back. That, that's, that's good. Yeah, it surely doesn't seem like it. I feel like the... The 76ers are on their last days. Which is like I'm not know, I'm I, not sure they're gonna what? be around whenever we do our next episode. Wow. wow. Game, five, game five would be next Tuesday. Okay, am I hundred percent confident? No. Would I would I bet you know a decent amount of money that they're still alive? No. But do <laughs> I think that they will? Okay. I, I, I still think. They're going to be back. Again, I wouldn't bet on it or anything like that because of their health and how great Miami's playing. Anything can happen. But, man, that's so disappointing for a team in Philly who had, you know, Joel Embiid playing, you know, having his best career, his best season yet, best of his career. You trade for a guy in James Harden. Expectations go through the roof. You get Ben Simmons off your back, off your payroll. 
on the bright side, on the bright side, Tobias Harris playing well their last five games, just about 18 points a game. As to where when Harden first got there, was doing next to nothing. He put up 27 points in game one. So that's that, that's a nice thing to have. He's not going anywhere. And Tyrese Maxey is going to be a big player for Philly for years going forward. Okay, just getting better. He's in his second season. In his second season, he was a big part of them winning in round one. Had a couple of games slump, you know, as young players tend to do. Um, but he's going to be a big player for them for years to come. But it seems like Philly can no longer be considered a title contender. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, they're not even a team. I can consider at this point with Joel Embiid's health. Yeah, I agree. That's the biggest factor for me. If he was 100%, if he never had that thumb, never had that head injury, which when he got it, there was 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they were up by double digits. They were up by like 15-plus points, and Joel Embiid is still in the game. I don't get that coaching decision whatsoever. I know Doc said, well, they had their starters in the game. Well, Doc, if they jumped off a bridge, I'll pull the old, you know, the old thing. They jumped off the bridge. Would would you do that too? Then since they did it, like that's that's what it comes down to. Just because they had their starters out there, you're up twenty. You don't have to have your best player who's already dealing with injury out there as well. That's simply my opinion. Uh, heat in six. I got the Heat in six, just because I think they're going to win a game in Philly. They might be able to steal one in Miami. It was close at one point in time before they ran away with it. James Harden is going to have to have. A 25-point-plus performance, which we haven't seen in, in over in, in about 11 games. Uh, I'm going to say Heat and six. You're going Heat and five? Yeah, Heat and five. Okay, Unless so Joel B doesn't play, then Heat and four. Then get the brooms. Yeah. Get the brooms out. It's going to be a full sweep there. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. If he doesn't play a single game, it could be done as soon as four games. That's the Eastern Conference, though. So we both agree Bucks or uh, yeah, Bucks and seven we both have the heat moving on. So it's looking like we're going to have a Bucks heat, in our opinion, a Bucks heat conference final. And man, is there a lot of history between those two teams? <laughs> yeah. And those are the last two Eastern Conference champions. So yeah, they are exactly right. So we saw Miami. Well, just what else could you crap. want? They Miami beat the crap out of, uh, out, of, out of Milwaukee the next year. Milwaukee beats them even better, beats them even worse, you know, with, with a full-on sweep in the first round. I would love to see both teams. I guess Miami is better today than they were at that point in time. Yeah, uh, Milwaukee about the same. They're going to need Middleton, though. They're going to need Chris Middleton more than likely to get past Miami. I do know that. Yeah, I, I'm pretty close to saying they need Chris Middleton to get past Boston. So if they don't have him. They don't, they don't have them for either. That might not be the year for the Bucs. It might yeah. not. It, re- it really might not. But Unfortunately. You're last year's champion. Take a year off. There's nothing wrong. Okay, ask a guy like me who is used to nothing but championship after championship and then two seasons without even making the playoffs. Okay, so it happens. You got to take your losses sometimes. Speaking about my team, speaking about the Western Conference, let's move on, talk about the West and my team in the Golden State Warriors. Man. It's getting chippy between Golden State and Memphis a game into the series. Like, wow. I'm not sure if you caught game one or not, but I don't know how Golden State won that game. Like, the fact that they were able to win that game. Yeah, with Draymond getting ejected in the first half. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, it's a flagrant one. It's a flagrant one. 
It's a flagrant yeah, one. I it, thought that too. You make, you make contact in the face, it's always a flagrant one. But because he's Draymond Green, they called it a flagrant two. If it's anyone but Draymond, it's probably not a flagrant two. That's it's exactly like, my thought too. Pretty. That's pretty obvious. I feel like anyone that has a different opinion than that, I feel like didn't see the play. Yeah, or you're just a Draymond hater as well, saying, "Oh, it's which Draymond I am. Hater. I'm I'm a Draymond hater, and I can yeah, tell but you, it wasn't egregious what he did. It's not like he he also tried to catch him at the bottom, so like he was making it wasn't just a straight slap and let him fall on his face down there. Like and the, the contact to the face wasn't. They said there was a wind up. There was no wind up. He simply hit him in the yeah. face because he was in his path. And then the pulling the jersey, I don't agree with that either. That's a flagrant one all day. But a flagrant two to kick him out in game one at halftime. Yeah. A bit much. Yeah. So that happens. And then the Warriors come back at the end. And then Ja gets a look right at the rim at the end. And Clay you've seen him make. Yeah. And Clay plays great defense and ends it like. Everything went the Grizzlies' way to win this game, and they and it didn't. So it doesn't make me super confident moving forward in the Grizzlies. Now, if they, if they wanted to make this a series, make it go six or seven, that was the game they had to win, right? They were getting every single call. Every single call was going Memphis's way. There were times when I felt like the calls were going both ways. Like when the calls were just like – the calls were like in – waves of like they would go golden state way and then they would go i think it was i memphis think there were a couple of golden then... state waves for sure but i would say the majority of the time i am giving memphis the nod as far as the calls they got but you said it when you put everything together raymond's ejection the calls uh them getting the last shot steph and clay shooting you know having inefficient nights uh, steph shot 40 percent clay shot 31 percent memphis got all the calls and then i don't know if you saw late late in the game um, Brooks tips, tips it out of bounds. None of the referees saw oh. it go out of bounds, so they make it a jump ball, which Memphis wins, thus just giving Memphis the ball, just giving Memphis the ball, and they still can't win the game. And and, and John Morant has an insane performance, 34-10-9. Jaron Jackson Jr., insane performance, 33, the most points he's ever scored in the playoffs, and you still lose that game. That's got to be pretty demoralizing for the Memphis Grizzlies, but I think they're going to bounce back because they play hard. They play fast They're coached. Well, they're young, but I got the, you know, I, I got the warriors here. I'm a little biased, obviously. Right. But I don't think, I don't think Jaron Jackson jr. Hitting six threes is going to happen again. And Ja hit four threes in game one. I don't, I don't even know if he hit four threes in total in, in, in round one against, against the Timberwolves. I'm dead serious. Right. So. I yeah. Know. It's, I think it's pretty hard to pick Memphis when everything goes their way in game one and they're in Memphis and they still can't get it done. I guess we'll see what happens tonight. We might look dumb here maybe. Yeah, we're not watching the game at this point in time. We are currently recording, so we'll probably check in on it here, here, you know, here. here you know, the Grizzlies will just be up like 100 or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's a 30-point uh, game. Yeah, exactly something like I, that. But I'm going to bet. point game. That, okay, so it's close. Um, I'm going to bet, though, that Steph and Clay won't stay cold for the rest of the series or for every single game in the series. We'll see if Jordan Poole, he probably won't have that great performance in every single game like he had in game one. So ups and downs. Also hoping Draymond Green can play in the second half of these games, which would help a bunch of your best defensive player. Yeah, that's going to help. Um, and they just got to protect home court. That's what it comes down to. Since they won one game, if you go home, win both your games at home, which 
phenomenal home court advantage advantage does Golden State have? So does Phoenix, or sorry, so does Memphis. Um, but you know, it, it's hard to win in Golden State when Steph's hitting those threes. That place is, is electric. I got the Warriors in five. I also have the Warriors in five. Most it goes six. We'll see. Memphis has to win tonight. If Memphis wins tonight, you know, that that is definitely going to help them. That could prolong the series to six games. But I have a feeling, like I said even a while ago, that this is going to be not that long a series. Golden State is going to show us who they are and show us who the Memphis Grizzlies are. Really good regular season team. A really nice young team who's going to be competing for years to come. They even kind of remind me, of, of us, of Golden State, before we won the titles. Before the first title, you have that star point guard. You have Desmond Bain, a, you know, who kind of reminds you of Clay Thompson, phenomenal three-point shooter. You got Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, who are kind of the Draymond Green or Harrison Barnes, other, you know, other role players, stuff like that. So they kind of remind me of the Warriors, you know, of, you know, Man, how many years ago was that now? Like eight years ago. So that, that was a very yeah. long, that was a long time it's ago. Old saying that. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of insane, but they remind me of that team back then. Uh, they play hard, they play fast. It's gonna be, you know, a very exciting series to watch. That was actually one of the most watched games in in, in as far as the semifinal round in I don't I don't want to say decades, but in a very long time, if not the number one watch game in the second round, I think it averaged like almost 8 million viewers. That was the average uh, for, that's kind of shows you John Morant, Steph Curry, they get people to the screen. <laughs> they get people to watch. Right. So it comes down to that. We'll see uh, how Morant plays on the road as well. Morant in that Timberwolves series, only averaging about 14 points per game on the road, really struggled. So we'll see how he does in golden state. They are a young, a young team. As I said, so let's see how they do on the road they're clearly going to be a lot better at home but we both have golden state in five hoping to shut up those man that that memphis grizzlies crowd i'm gonna tell you the, the grizzlies have never committed a foul they have never committed a foul every time it happens <laughs> the refs are wrong never once have they have they fouled and jaron jackson jr never fouls anybody never ever ever as he committed a foul let me just get that out there we both have Warriors in five. Let's move on and talk about the last series out there in the Western Conference. Phoenix. The least, in, the least exciting series by far. I feel like the series that the least amount of people are talking about. Yeah. You know, it's just because it's the number one seed in, in the West. You know, you could say the – or in the NBA. You could even say the best roster in the NBA against – the best solo show or one of the best solo shows. Right. And when it comes down to it, we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with my little interchange with Nick Wright on Twitter. You know, if you guys remember great teams, great teams will beat an individual player, no matter how great they are. Again, so there are some exceptions, but for the most part, great teams will beat that one solo act. And that's, I think what this series is the great solo act. Luca was amazing in game one, 45, 12 and eight and it wasn't close for the majority of the second half yeah like it's it's empty numbers at that point whenever the rest of your team just has a great talent discrepancy from yeah teaming. like i don't see any way dallas wins this unless injury devin booker, unless devin booker chris paul got hurt then it'd be different but i got I got Suns at five, probably. Yeah, I'm I'm debating five or six right now. I don't want to count Luca out because I think he can win a couple of games by himself. And talking about Brunson and you've shown that before. 
Yeah, against uh, the Clippers in last year's playoffs. I think he was up – were they up 3-2 or 3-1 on – they went seven games. So, they were either up 3-2 or 3-1 on that on that uh, Clipper team. So, we've seen him do it before, couldn't get the job done. He was finally able to win a first-round series against the Jazz. So we got that off his back. Uh, but this is somewhat Dirk, Dirk all over again. It's the solo act. And he doesn't have his his duo. He doesn't have his partner. And in the NBA, you, you got to have that second guy. Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Now they have Jordan Poole, not to mention Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, uh, Giannis has Chris Middleton. Andrew Holiday. And, Andrew Holiday. You know, there's, they're a bit of a trio themselves. You got to have multiple guys to win on the biggest stage. And they simply don't have that. And Brunson and everybody. Yeah, not trying players, to yeah. – I was going to say, I'm not trying to disrespect Brunson and Dinwiddie, just they're not to the level of those other guys we said. They're threes and fours. Yeah. They're threes and fours. He doesn't have that, too. He simply doesn't have that, too. Uh, Dinwiddie and, and Brunson combined for 21 points in game one. Against Utah, they averaged, they averaged 42 against Utah per game because Utah doesn't defend the perimeter. Phoenix does. Okay. Phoenix does a top three defensive team in the NBA. They got CP3, Bridges, even Booker has stepped it up defensively. They don't have a chance. They got to have a number two. That's why a couple of years back I was preaching, even though Giannis won the championship in Milwaukee, he's cool that I was preaching. Giannis, don't sign the extension. Go play with Luka Doncic. That would be the duo that nobody could possibly – Maybe he comes to Milwaukee instead. Probably not. You know, both those guys making max dollars. If it did happen, it's going to be years down the road. But that duo would be a duo I don't think anybody in the NBA could beat. And that was why I was pounding the table for Giannis not to do that so he could team up with a guy like that. But again, I was wrong. He got that championship. Okay, that's all that matters. He got that ship. But Luka needs a guy, not even to Giannis's caliber. He's the best player in the world. He needs... Is Chris Middleton? He needs another all-star caliber player because they have they have a decent team. They have a decent team. Missing one piece. They're missing one piece. And Kristaps Porzingis was not that. Dinwiddie is not that. Brunson is not that. Uh, great final or uh, great performances from Luca. We're going to be seeing it all series long. But Game One really showed what this series is is, is going to be all about. Luca is going to have the stats, the numbers. And, and, and Phoenix has the team. Aiton had 25 and 8. Booker, 23, 8 and 9. Paul, 19. Uh, Cam Johnson had 17. It's a great indication on how, you know, this series is going to end. Uh, I have the Suns in six. I'm going to give Luka the benefit of the doubt. And I think that Brunson and Dinwiddie will get hot at home at some point. I think they're going to have a good game at home. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. They went six. With New Orleans, why can't they go six <laughs> with Dallas? That's kind of my, my uh, thoughts on it right now. So I think they're a little healthier than they were when they played New Orleans. So. Uh, that's a fair point. Devin Booker didn't play in the majority of that series. That so I'm going to go. Point. I'm going to stay with Suns at five. Either way, I got six. But either way, we have a Suns-Warriors conference final in that Western Conference. And that is the matchup I have been wanting. Okay, I've been searching for this, wanting Fiending for this Warriors uh, uh, Suns matchup. Everyone's preaching how Golden State doesn't have a chance. I, I remember at the All Star break, 
the Utah Jazz were, were getting higher a championship as far as you know a higher percentage as far as reaching the NBA Finals than the Golden State Warriors were. I have not forgotten any of those things. So this has been the matchup I have been hoping for. Show everyone, hey, this Golden State team is legit, is still a title contender. I wrote an article about this a few weeks ago about how if they win, the dynasty is not over. Um, so they got a lot riding on this. Uh, the Suns do as well. They kind of choked it in last year's NBA Finals. I think they should have won that series. Didn't play well down the stretch. They're wanting to kind of redeem themselves. But uh, Suns, Warriors, Bucks, Heat. That'd be quite a conference finals. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario for the NBA. I think that's the four best teams. I think I believe so as well. You know, if Boston gets in there, Boston four best matches. Because I, I mean, I think Boston is a better team than uh, Miami. Let me say that. But I just think with the matchups, I think those are think that's Miami your ideal Boston match. Are about the same. I think they're about the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're about the same team. But uh, both well coached. Both have a couple of really nice players with depth. Both play defense. Both shoot the ball well. Um, but yeah, Suns, Warriors, Bucks, Heat, that is both, you know, th- those are both of Tanner and I's predictions for the conference finals. Those games are going on right now. Maybe by next week we're closer. Maybe we'll know exactly who we're going to be seeing. Maybe we can talk about what a ring would mean for those final four teams once those conference finals kick off. Uh, but, you know, it's been exciting. The NBA playoffs have not disappointed up until this point. It's been a great uh, postseason. We'll see how it continues, how it ends up. But Tanner, let's take a short break. If it's cool with you, come back, talk some NFL draft. Excited for it. All right, guys. Casey and Tanner, keep it locked on. We'll be right back. All right, and welcome back. As we said in the first half of the show, let's transition, talk all things NFL draft. Tanner, for a draft that was getting, you know, a little bit of disrespect for being a boring draft, it didn't lack excitement. No, draft day was as exciting as it has ever been. It was, there were an insane amount of trades. Receivers receivers. going. Receivers were getting traded. And Move, movement you, around the draft. Yeah, you, you never knew who was going to be the pick when Roger Goodell was walking to the stage. Yeah. It was as exciting as a draft as I can remember. Like the talent may not have been as high, but the the pageantry was there. Yeah, I agree. I had a great time watching it. You know that did not fail. Uh, let's start though with your prediction as Trayvon Walker going number one of the Jags. It was correct. So applause to you, my friend. Walk us through that. Was that the correct? Number one overall pick for the Jags. We have now had consecutive, you know, first picks and back-to-back drafts. So this is a complicated question because I do think Trayvon Walker has the highest upside. And I right. think you should kind of take the guy with the high upside as your number one pick. Right. I think it'd be stupid not to. But the Jaguars are a they're they're a unique but. situation. <laughs> they're they're coming off the whole Urban Meyer fiasco. The and they, this is just a team that's just had all this controversy the last few seasons. And for them to not take the surefire guy named Hutchinson seems like a weird move. But Trayvon Walker's upside is higher than Hutchinson. He's a guy that can provide elite-level play if he turns out to be what we think he can be. Yeah. But for the Jags, I feel like they probably should have went Hutchinson. But I did call Trayvon Walker because I thought the whole time that was going to be the move. 
Yeah, you, that's exactly right. You picked him. Um, that's exactly what the pick was as well. Hutchinson went to, to Detroit. They got a surefire player who's going to help them right away. Detroit did pretty well in this draft. Also, what, Jamison Williams going later in the draft to them? Yep. People said could have the highest upside of any receiver if he can stay healthy, having that big injury. But once he's back, going to be a force to be reckoned with. So that got out there. Uh, good for the Jags. Uh, hopefully starting to rebuild the roster. We saw how much they spent in free agency, went out and got a lot of players. Did they overpay for a lot of them? Yes, but, hey, they got to overpay to get guys in Jacksonville. You have a young quarterback, needs weapons, needs a defense who isn't always throwing the offense right back out there on the field. Walker, hopefully one day, can be that leader and be a guy who is just nothing but problems for opposing offenses, right? So that's what they're hoping for, super versatile. <laughs> I, I, I see why they took him, but at the same time, Hutchinson, as you said, could be a bit of a safer pick. But the number one overall you know, selection, why not swing for the fences and get the guy who could have the highest upside? So I'm not going to beat him too hard for that. Let's talk about the rest of that top 10. The Jets, you know, them and what the Giants had two top 10 picks. I, 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 love, I love what uh, what the Jets did here. I think – you know, we'll talk about who had the best draft here here in a minute, but I think they are right up there with, with a lot of the other teams. They got the best corner in the draft in Sauce Gardner, the best receiver. Wasn't the first corner, though, strangely. Wasn't that – I wasn't too surprised that, <laughs> that the Texans, if anybody, if anyone was going to mess that up. Not to say he's not going to be able to play. Stingley could very well be a top corner. But Sauce was for sure looking at – he was the best corner coming out. Like he he was without a doubt in my eyes, in your eyes, and a lot of other people's eyes, perhaps the third best player could have the highest upside coming out. So they got him. They got the best receiver coming out in Garrett Wilson. They snagged Jermaine Johnson at the bottom of the first round, trading back into the first round because a guy like that was still on the board. They got arguably the best receiver in the class in Brees Hall. I love what running back. Or what I said I say back running back exactly. I love what the Jets did. Yeah, they got the guy who on most experts' boards was ranked number one corner, number one receiver, number one running back, number three edge rusher yeah, at yeah. an insane value at a super edge rusher deep class. Or something like that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a team, that, but they were done in round four. So all their picks were up top and they made all good picks. They impressed me a lot. They're a team that. And I think their draft last year was good. And I think the draft yeah, before that was okay. Drafts. I agree. I so agree. this is a team that seems like they could be building something. I think it comes they down just, to Zach Wilson and the coach. So yep. can he coach? Can he play? That is the deciding factor. You can have all these star players, but at the end of the day, can the most important player on the field, your quarterback play, and can the most important position off the field in your, in your head coach you know, orchestrate and, and and improve your team, elevate your team to win every Sunday or have a chance to win every Sunday. We don't know that yet. I don't think we know that. I can't say for sure yes or for sure no. So I am on the fence. I'm not saying no for sure for either one, but I'm unsure. I'm, I'm unsure at this point in time, and I think that is going to, uh, you know, make or break this roster no matter how many star players, how many great players they get in the draft. So – that's how I yeah, feel. Yeah, I think it. I agree with you. I think it all comes down to Zach Wilson. At the end of the day, is he the guy that was scouted or scouted to be the next Aaron Rodgers? Or? The next Aaron Rodgers. Like you gotta feel bad though. Like that's a that's a high ceiling. Like come on, don't put that on the guy. Like the next. Yeah, the guy Aaron just won Rogers. his 
just one back-to-back MVPs at like 37. Maybe maybe relax on the comparisons a yeah, little so bit. Pump the brakes for sure. But I love what the Jets did. Gardner, Wilson, Johnson, Hall, all you know, seemingly, seemingly great picks should help them pretty much right away as well. So I love that. Moving on, talking about the Eagles and the Giants, who also had top 10, or Giants had two top 10 picks. Philly, starting with them. Were you as surprised as I was to see A.J. Brown getting traded to the Philadelphia Eagles? I, for one, was was a bit, you know, knocked off whenever I saw that. I was like, oh, man, I'm a little worried for my Cowboys. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a little worrying. Yeah, if you're a team that has to contend with the Eagles, I don't think you – like to see what they did this week. They went and got AJ Brown, who's we know who he is at receiver. He's an elite weapon. You pair him with a guy that looks like a great pick last year in Devontae Smith. Now you have yeah. two good you have two good receivers on the outside. Dallas Goddard's still a good tight end. You have that's that's good. Miles weapon. Sanders can play at the at the running back. Your quarterback is super mobile. Yeah, offensive line, like one of the best offensive lines in football. They went and they got Jordan Davis, who's my favorite player in the draft, incredible defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. And Kobe Bean, who could be the steal of the draft, falling all the way to the third round. Yeah, not (laughs) the Eagles got a lot better this week. I'm a little worried that Dallas is no longer the number one team in that division. They did that well. I'm gonna hate giving that team props. I hate giving anyone props. It is the Philadelphia Eagles, but they deserve it here. They hit a home run. Great idea, you know, trading for a, a proven player in A.J. Brown is going to help your team right away. Jordan Davis, as you said, going to help them right away. Dean could be the steal. It's time for time for Jalen Hurts to show up here. Because, you know, we had doubts. On Similar to the Jets. We had doubts on their coach. He kind of proved it last season as to where, hey, I am – competent enough to lead us to a winning season in my first year with a young quarterback in his first full season starting. So less doubts on the coach and Sirianni, but yeah, it's Jalen Hurts time. Show us, are you a franchise quarterback? Can you elevate this team? Cause you have, you have the weapons around you to do it. You, you should be able to win this division with Dallas getting worse. Washington in that, you know, not, not bad, but not great realm. Giants are still towards the bottom of that division of the NFL as well. Even though I did like their picks in Thibodeau and Evan Neal, two places they needed to address, had to get better defensively, had to had to protect their quarterback. Those two picks should help them in those two areas. But Philly has everything they need in my eyes to win the NFC East. As a Dallas Cowboy fan, I hate admitting that, but they do. <laughs> they, they they really do. It comes down to Jalen Hurts and I. Uh, I hate it, but yeah, it, it was a phenomenal draft weekend for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm unsure on my Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I don't want to say I hated their picks. Don't want to say I love their picks. It's, it all, it all depends on if Tyler Smith offensive tackle out of Tulsa, which you and I were talking right before that selection happened. That was not, <laughs> that was not what you and well, we I did not. We mentioned about four, five, six, seven, 11, 15 guys. None of them are Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. That name did not come out of our mouth when we were talking. Yeah, I did not bring that up. You did not bring that up. I don't know much about him. I've watched some tape since we drafted him, and Dallas was as high as saying he was the 16th player on their draft board. They were that high. Jerry Jones was even showing everyone in the in the press conference his draft you know why board. You should at least say he was top 10. 
Some people were saying he wasn't even a first round pick, Tanner. Okay, so a lot of people say that. A a lot of people, exactly that. So this draft, I love the Sam Williams, you know, Jalen Tolbert. That should help. They need receivers. But this draft comes down to if Tyler Smith can play. And if it's not, it's another Taco Charlton bust in the first round. Didn't contribute whatsoever. So we're, you know, we're all crossing our fingers in Dallas that that is not the case. Uh, but that's what it comes down to. Can Tyler Smith play? That's gonna, um, you know, be the be the telling tale of this draft for the Cowboys. I think it's like two ships passing in the night. Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, right into it's. I'm, I'm gonna be mixing their names up a few times as the season goes along for sure. He's gonna be an important piece as they are rebuilding this offensive line. No longer what it used to be. They still have Zach Martin, still have Tyron Smith. From time to time, you know, when he's healthy, <laughs> they lost Lyle Collins. Obviously, Travis Frederick is gone. Connor Williams has been the center for the past couple of years. He left as well. They, they lost a lot of pieces. This is the start of the rebuild. But Tanner, dating back to when they did get, I believe, Zach Martin, you know, Tyron Smith. There was some talk on them selecting those guys. People had doubts, had questions on them selecting them that high in the draft. So people are saying this could be a similar situation. It could be like, hey, People didn't necessarily think, you know, he was the top guy or, you know, expected him to go there, but it worked out tremendously. So uh, when everyone's crossing their fingers, it's a repeat of that. I'm not sure if it is, uh, but that's what it comes down to. Can he play? Can he not play? That defines the 2022 draft for the Dallas Cowboys. Your your uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I think they made the right moves in the draft. They traded down out of the first round pick to get the first pick in the second round mm-hmm. it made sense with the guys that were on the board. value at least. Right. Yeah. I heard Todd McShay say it was the best fourth round he had ever seen. Like the, the depth wasn't great in the first round, but he said the third and fourth rounds were the best third and fourth rounds he had ever seen. So wow. I think it made pick up another fourth round pick in this draft. We spent one on a punter. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. You were complaining though. You said you needed that position. We, did, the, we, we did need a punter. I just don't was know. Was he the punter. right choice though? It's, still, it's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to talk about Logan Hall. I think he's, he was our first pick, first pick in the second round. I think he steps into that Nadamkin suit type role for the Bucks. So it's a position we needed. We went and got a receiving back. Another thing that we need, even though Leonard Fournette proved that he could be that receiving back last yeah. year. Yeah. But, Another running back to a core that needs it. We lost Ronald Jones. Don't love where we drafted a running back, but I, I didn't hate our draft. Didn't love our draft. It's it's hard to be too ecstatic when your first pick is at 33. Yeah, you're not getting the surefire, a guy who's going to be, you know, a huge success guaranteed down there, right? It could be very, there's a lot of steals, and that is, now, a relatively early pick when you're talking about the entire draft. Yeah. But I see exactly what you're saying there. But to get a couple of picks, you know, for trading out of that first round, I think was probably the best idea for you guys to do it. It, it made sense, I think, like you said. Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted us to take a safety at that point. Uh, Dax Hill. Dax Hill was available, though. Dax Hill was there. Lewis Seen was there. But I think the Bucks. Think they're sad of safety with Winfield and mm-hmm. Edwards and 
We picked up Logan Ryan, who can play corner and safety. We picked up Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal stole him from Dallas. Who yeah. can play safety and linebacker. So between those two guys, I think they're going to fill that safety role that we lost. Yeah, Neal's a nice plug-in piece. Probably not going to be an always starter for you guys, but a very nice rotational piece. You know, he made some nice plays in Dallas last season. I was sad to see him go. A nice piece for you guys to add for sure. Uh, so we're both a little uh, – you know, not 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 ecstatic, but not upset. You know, kind of middle pack as far as what our teams did in the draft. I would say, fair to I, say. Yeah, I did have a draft crush on James Cook, and I really wanted him, and we didn't get him. But it's where'd right. he go? Where'd he go? Buffalo. Oh, you just told me that. Yeah, hey, he's in town though. <laughs> At least he's in town. Okay, he's he's a local flavor for you now. But I wanted Dalvin Cook so bad, and then we didn't get him. But back in the day, we picked. Uh oh, who did we pick over Dalvin Cook? Well, obviously it looks bad OJ Howard. OJ Howard. Obviously now it looks terrible looking back at that, but <sighs> could have had it all. There's so many you could have had him at this time. You could have had him. You know the NFL draft is a puzzle. We don't know until September starts, and you know cleats hit the grass. The ball has been snapped. That's when we find out if these guys can play and if you made the right decision or not. So it's really hard to evaluate on draft day. And after the draft, how these teams did because we don't know until they hit the field. Ultimately, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm never going to complain too much about a Bucks draft pick again. I hated Vita Vio when he was taken, and he's been one of our best players for ever since he'd be drafted. It's been so. huge, yeah, huge. Not just I, I know you, huge. you weren't ecstatic about Michael Parsons last year, and he obviously won Defensive Rookie of the Year and was almost Defensive Player of the Year. So, Dude, yeah, uh, I was <laughs> wrong. Uh, Patrick Sertain, uh, please have a good time in Denver, and we are good with uh, Michael Parsons out here in Dallas. Yes, definitely okay with that. So you never know. It could be the same thing with Tyler Smith. Not going to be like that, but, you know, crossing our fingers and like you said with logan hall you never know you never really know uh moving on though talking about a couple other stuff that happened the ravens i didn't see this one coming either i did not see them getting a first round pick for hollywood brown yeah i thought it seemed a little strange a little sweet a little sweet for my taste they draft hollywood brown in the in the 20s a couple years ago they get three years out of him. They trade him for a pick in the 20s. They trade up two picks, essentially, multiple years later on Hollywood Brown. I think that's a win for the Ravens. I mean, they don't have any tackles left. I mean, I mean, they don't have any uh, wide receivers left, but they killed the draft. Yeah, go ahead and talk about them for a second. Uh, yeah, yeah let's just talk well. about, let's talk about the Ravens draft. They draft Kyle Hamilton who a lot of people had as a top 10 player in this draft. I think he they was, get, yeah. Tyler Linderbaum, who's one of my favorite players in the draft. I think he's a walk-in, plug-in, starting center. They one of the he's the, probably the best center. I think he's league, better. Yeah. yeah, I think he's better than Creed Humphrey, who was one of the best centers in the league last year, who was a rookie. He They draft David Ojabo, who would probably be a top 15 pick if he didn't doesn't tear his Achilles in his pro day mm-hmm. and they have the type of team where they can wait on him to heal Travis Jones, who a lot of mock drafts had going in the first round. They got him in the third defensive tackle out of uh, Connecticut. They got Falale, a huge tackle. He, if he plays some, if he adds depth to your offensive line at this point, 
in the fourth round, that's huge. They got a starting corner on the University of Alabama and Jalen Armour Davis. They got Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina, one of the best tight ends in college football. And they got Tyler Batty, one of the best running backs in college football from Mizzou. They did an incredible draft. And a team that needs depth because what was happening last season, depleted by injuries before the ball was even snapped in their first game of the year, depleted by injury. That's why we were talking about Lamar Jackson halfway through the year. He was my pick for MVP halfway through the season because his, because of what he was doing, elevating his team, willing them to victories. Obviously, he got hurt in the second half of the season. I think they lost their last six games. Um, but he was great. And, you know, a team that needs depth, I think they got that in this year's draft, adding to the players that they lost at the beginning of last year and throughout the season. This Ravens team is bulking up to make another run in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. I think this Ravens team is destined for good things. I have to get out of myself there. I think they're in title contention moving forward. But, I need a receiver. But yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the receiver they traded to Arizona, Hollywood Brown. who is going to be missing one of the best receivers in football for the first six weeks of the season. Six games, he's going to be suspended. Hopkins. Uh, what PED something he wasn't allowed to use was using. He came out on Twitter and said he didn't believe that was true. And he's going to find out what the problem was. So who knows what that situation is at this point in time, he's suspended for six games and the Cardinals. We saw them struggle last season when he was not on the, on the field, especially Kyler Murray struggle when he was not out there on the field. So getting Hollywood Brown helps. He's not to the level of obviously one of the very a top three receiver in all of football, but no, he's not, but okay. He helps. He helps. Depth wise, yeah. more weapons. They lost Christian Kirk. You plug in. I think Hollywood Brown is probably just as good, if not better, than Christian Kirk. I like it. I like it. I yeah, wouldn't have spent the first round pick, but he's a surefire player who's gonna help you right away. I think it did kind of make sense where the Cardinals were at with the receivers that were left on the board was that before or after Traylon Burks was picked? I think it was before. Okay, so went a little, he went a little earlier than I thought he did, though. To be honest, I thought he was going to drop a little bit more. But but essentially, they're saying they like Hollywood more than Traylon Burks, then because that's yeah, because yeah. the the big four receivers in the draft were taken, and you probably like Hollywood Brown more than that next crowd that next group of guys because mm-hmm. at least you've seen that he can do it in the nfl those other guys are all unknown yeah i agree that makes sense to go get a surefire player who you know can help your team can help your quarterback a bit of a speed guy on the outside right so i liked it i didn't hate it i didn't love it but i liked it uh, for the cardinals helping their quarterback you know sweetening the deal a little bit i know they've had a little bit of bad blood here recently kyler and the organization so kind of muling over that contract extension but that's my, I, I like it for the Cardinals. I know I, obviously it helped booster up the depth for the Ravens, especially defensively, but who's Lamar going to be throwing the ball to? That's my big thing. Who's he throwing the ball to now? I, Hollywood Rashad, wasn't great. Rashad, but- Rashad Bateman, um, Mark Andrews. It, they had those two players plus Hollywood Brown, and we were still saying they needed another receiver. <laughs> okay, so they lost depth. That's an area, but it's also OBJ to Baltimore season starts right now. All right. I'm okay. Bring Bring Odell to Baltimore. I think Odell makes a little more sense in Green Bay personally. Um, And I think they 
just have just as a glaring need at the wide receiver position. They went out and got one, what, in the second round. But who's Lamar throwing to? They're, they are saying, hey, this is a running quarterback. You know, he thrives when he's running the football, not known for his throwing. Though at one point in time, I think he was top 10 in passing and top 10 in rushing. So, you know, you don't want to knock his, his passing game by any means, but not a guy known for throwing the ball, more known for running, scrambling, making plays with his legs. Maybe they're saying, okay, we're building around our guy. He's not a known, you know, guy who's going to be dropping back 40 times. Uh, so at the same time, why invest that much with a receiver if he's not going to be using him all that much? You still have Andrews. I still think they need one more guy if they're going to be a true I think football so contender. Like if you want to beat the Chiefs, if you and, and the Chiefs got what, Sky Moore, I believe, right? Yeah. In the, in the yeah. Second, in the second round, right? So they got another guy to kind of fill in. For Tyreek Hill, but I think I still think they need another receiver. Let's move on though. Talk about a couple. Uh, Malik Willis. I'm going to bring him up for you real quick. We thought he was a first round pick. At least I thought he was going to be a first round pick. D- doesn't go in the second. Drops to the third to the Tennessee Titans. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a great fit for Malik Willis. He gets to come in and have the opportunity to fight for a starting job next season. Mm-hmm. Just because this is Ryan Tannehill's last year, his contract. If Tannehill doesn't work out, then they have an option in Malik Willis. And if Tannehill's great this season, they can re-sign him. And you only spent a third-round pick on him. And he can be your backup. Like, that's not a terrible price to pay for a backup quarterback. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it for him. You know, you don't have to get thrown into a position where you're rushed. It's a good team if you do happen to get in. You have a good team around you. You know, A.J. Brown would have been nice. <laughs> they drafted Traylon Burks. They drafted Traylon Burks. You still have Derrick Henry. You got a good pass rush. You got a good coach. There are way worse places to go. You know, you're not you're not forced or rushed to start. You're going to be able to take your time at least wait a year, which people say he needs a year at least. I liked it. I think it makes sense for him. Um, you know, we'll see when he's able to take the floor to, to take the field. I think it does kind of start the clock for a guy in Tannehill. It kind of says, Hey, you better have at least the same season you had last year, which wasn't great, but it was good enough. They were the number one seed uh, in the AFC, right? So if he's able to do that again, keep them as a top dog in, in the AFC, I think he has locked himself up a position going forward. But if they see any regression, you know, we saw multiple games last season where Tannehill threw three interceptions. Maybe we see more of that this season, this upcoming season, right? So it does give them a way to move off of Tannehill just in case something, you know, just in case we see any regression, um, you know, this upcoming season. So, I think it makes a lot of sense. What about some other players you think that dropped and stuff like that? Because obviously Malik dropping to the third round, not a lot of people <laughs> really saw that coming. Yeah, I think another guy that not a lot of people saw falling like that was Nakobe Dean, uh, probably the best defensive player on the best defensive team possibly ever with the Georgia team this year. He falls all the way to the third round because he has a pec injury, and, yeah. but the Eagles don't believe that it's going to require surgery. A lot of teams thought it did. So if it doesn't require surgery this year, then that's a heck of a steal in the third round. A guy that, if he doesn't have that injury, probably goes the trail into the first. Yeah. So that's how many that's, players from Georgia were selected at defense? Holy crap. 
Like, um, I know they broke the record for most total players drafted. I think yeah, they had I saw I think that they had 15 players drafted. I don't know how many on defense. I, I, I know it was a lot. <laughs> it, it was a lot breaking records, obviously, right? So yeah, and then all the quarterbacks fell. Uh when a lot of not a lot of people saw that. Some people thought Desmond Ritter would go in the first round. He falls to the third, he goes to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Matt Corral, some people had going that high. He goes or even like a second round pick, right? Yeah, he drops what he goes to Carolina. He falls, goes to Carolina. Sam Howe, people had going number one a year ago. He goes to Washington, which I think is not a bad place for Sam Howe because Carson Wentz he's a bridge quarterback, I think. Yeah, at this point yeah, in time. yeah, and he's injury prone. Yeah, so super, a, super. You have an opportunity to possibly play if you're Sam Howe, which I think not a lot of rookie quarterbacks get. And they have McLaurin as long as they pay him. They drafted another receiver. Well, they got London. No, no, London went to the uh, to the to Atlanta. Who did, they got? Uh, they drafted a receiver. I'm trying to think of his name right now. I Dotson. Jahan yes. Dotson. Yes. So they got another receiver that helps pair him with McLaurin. You need you needed one more weapon out there. Um, so I, I like that for how I like, I think I like most of the quarterback situation besides not, not to say, you know, that it's not going to work out in uh, in Carolina, but if I'm Carolina, that, that clock is ticking. And I think there's going to be a quarterback competition right away. It was with, with uh, bet- between him and Darnold. I think that that's going to happen. Cause I don't think Darnold is a for sure starter uh, based on what we saw last season. I wouldn't say he's a for sure starter. Yeah, I think. We could definitely see some Matt Crowell games this season. I think it's possible for a guy in Matt Rule who's trying to, you know, secure a position long-term with, with the Panthers. I think I personally probably would have went Malik Willis if I were them, but maybe you're thinking he's more ready day one? I, yeah, I, I, don't actually, I, don't, I don't know how long Matt Rule expects to be there, so maybe he's going with the guy that he thought he was that was more ready. But let me ask you this. What team do you think of the best draft? You can pick one team. What team has the best? We'll say best uh, draft weekend. Doesn't necessarily have to be the picks they made. I think it's the Jets, honestly. Okay. With a team that has been so far down, I think they got a lot of skilled players. Like you said, they had what people were saying: the best corner, the best receiver, the best running back. They snagged Johnson, who was like you said, a top three, four defensive end, defensive, uh, you know, pass rusher. I think. All things considered, I would probably pick the Jets. A little top-heavy, obviously. Not too many picks. I think think you said their last pick was in the fourth round. Um, But I would probably go the Jets at this point in time. How about you? I would – I don't know. I'm torn between the Ravens and the Eagles. I'm probably going to go Eagles because they get the surefire guy in A.J. Brown. They – Yeah. Jordan Davis, who I think is an incredible player. He's – was my favorite player in the draft. And they, they stole Nicole, Nicole Dean in the third. If he can play this season, that's huge. Getting those three guys, I think that's that's massive for the Yeah, Eagles. that's tough playing. Because well, that's three twice. positions of need for the Eagles. Don't want to play them twice. Going to have to. But, yeah, that is uh, not going to be as easy a matchup as we saw last season just cruising through the NFC East. That is not going to be the case anymore for the Cowboys. I'm going to go Jets. You're going Eagles. Ravens did super well, as you were talking about a few minutes ago. They did super well. Um, I know you were talking about who do you think fell or had the best landing spot? Which player had the best landing spot, you think? I like a lot of the landing spots. I think a lot of the receivers landed in good spots where they're going to be able to get on the field right away, 
playing huge minutes, being featured people in their offense right away. But I think the best spot, probably the only quarterback that went in the first round, Kenny Pickett. I think he landed in a great spot in Pittsburgh. He gets to come in, probably fight for the job right away with Mitch Trubisky. He's there's a good chance I feel like he leaves camp as the starter or yeah. is starting by week two or three, similar to what Mitch Trubisky did with Mike Glennon when he yeah. was a rookie. Yeah. Comes in, he has good receivers on the outside. He's got Deontay Johnson. He's got Chase uh, Claypool. Mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth was Najee good. Harris. Najee Harris behind him. He's got a good defense, good coach. Like, he – He's played all his home games in college on the same field. Like, yeah, he's, he's comfortable there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the guy just – I think he landed in a good spot. I think he should be the favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year at this point. Go, you know, right after the draft. Yeah, I'm cool with that as the early favorite. I'm probably going to go with maybe Sky Moore. Uh, you know, second round guy, second round guy, you go and play in an offense that's needing another weapon. You go and play with what most people consider to be the best quarterback in the NFL. You know, you're going to get the ball thrown to you. Just make sure you're watching the ball at all time. Cause he might be looking the opposite way when he's throwing you the ball. Um, but going and playing in, in an offense like that with a coach like Andy Reid, with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, you can learn from guys like Travis or Travis Kelsey I think that's probably Kenny Pickett right up there as well. But as far as the receivers go, you're stepping in day one. You're going to get, you're going to be able to contribute. You're going to get the ball thrown to you by a more than capable quarterback. I like that. Especially with Tyreek Hill missing from that offense, all his targets got to go somewhere. Exactly. I know they made a couple of, you know, they got, uh, what's his name from Pittsburgh? Uh, Juju Smith. TikTok guy, Juju Smith. Uh, they, they got Juju, which is going to help, but they need another think, guy. And I think you know, I think similar to the Sky Moore situation in Green Bay, they went and got uh, Christian Wilkins, and he is he's, he's a big body receiver. He's a possession guy, but he's Devontae Adams. Sorry, it's got to go somewhere. Why not him? So yeah, those I, are two I guys that. that benefit a lot from the specific situation they went to, playing with MVP quarterbacks that just traded star receivers away. Yeah, those those balls got to be thrown somewhere, and you're going to get a big chunk of them going in because, you know, that is a need for both of those teams. So I liked it for both those teams, both of those rookies. I liked the Kenny Pickett move a lot as well. I enjoyed the draft. I thought it was a pretty solid draft overall. wasn't too, you know, boring. And, you know, again, we'll see if the players can get out there and play. That's what it comes down to as far as overall draft class quality. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, it was exciting. All the trades. I had no clue, like you said, who was going to be picking next, where these receivers were going to land. Solid draft. Very solid draft. Yeah, entertaining. And next year is just supposed to be better. Can't wait. You know, T-minus 360 days or something until next year's draft, something like that. But, yeah, it's – Don't worry. I've already already looked at mocks. Yeah, Tanner's already planning ahead for, you know, DTS's third mock draft going going out next season. But this helps us, you know, uh, NFL schedules come out next week. Uh, Tanner, yep, so next that, Thursday. Those, those are coming out. Uh, and NBA playoffs are heating up by next week. We'll be getting closer to the conference finals. 
NHL playoffs started. NHL playoffs, which again we are not the highest Blues. on. Uh, but go Blues, Blues one. Blues one. Blues one four zero game one. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, hopefully they can put on a bit of a run like they did just a few years back. The city of St. Louis was wild when when that was going on. All you heard was Gloria you know, playing on the radio every single day. So a little tired of hearing that song, me personally. But uh, it's wild. We'll see if they can tune into that magic once more. But it's a great time to be a sports fan. Uh, we're we're going to continue talking all things NFL. We're getting, like I said, the schedule comes out next week. We'll, we'll break down easiest and hard schedules, stuff like that. NBA playoffs. There's a bunch going on, Tanner. Yeah, it's great time to be a sports fan. I want to urge everyone to go follow us on Twitter. Dudes talking underscore pod. Instagram dudes underscore talking underscore port, uh, sports. Leave us a comment, review, whatever platform you're listening on. Where are you saying, Tanner? Sorry to cut you off. Oh, I was just saying also, huge UFC fight this week. Oh, of course, Tanner talking about UFC. What do you know, guys? What do you know? What, what's up, though? Quick, Quickly, go ahead. You can tell us. Oh, I was just going to say it's uh, Charles Olivier versus Justin Gaethje for the lightweight. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, for the lightweight championship. And then okay. Thug Rose also fights for the champ- uh, defense for oh. belt in the co-main event. It'll be an exciting card. So. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Again, go follow us. Go leave us a comment, a review. But that's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. All right, what's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. your co-host as always Casey Foreman alongside my co-host Tanner File.
uh, obviously MLB opening opening day. Uh, oh yeah, this past this week. So so if you're a huge baseball guy, yeah, go go Cards for sure. Uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. everyone listening thank you all for your continued support go follow us on twitter dude talking underscore pod whatever platform you're listening on go give us a follow a subscribe a comment a like wherever you're like wherever you're uh, listening go show us some love uh, we appreciate everyone's support thank you for listening we can hear you out that's tanner file i'm casey foreman thank you guys for listening I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports.